I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Thriller, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Football Ramble. It's a pleasure to have you with us. My name is Marcus Bella. Luke Maul's here. All right. And lurking from the dark is Pete Donaldson. I like your iPad. Welcome to the Football Ramble Halloween special, everybody. Oh, spooky. <laughs> it's going to be markedly different from normal Football Rambles. I'm going to give you the willies. Pete, um, I'm going to put you in a bin bag. You've already, you've already dominated the Halloween headlines. The Halloween headlines. Yeah. Silly season mark two. And, and this time, not with a criminal. Uh, <laughs> but I was dressed up as a, a lady, which and, I always thought I knew I'd be in the newspaper somehow. And you're an expert in uh, consumer electronics. Mm-hmm. And, and espionage. It's not an iPad, it's a Samsung. It is a Samsung uh, tablet, some kind of uh, Galaxy tablet job. But it's yeah. beautiful. It's got a, its own little kickstand, which I quite like. Do you so like that? If you're listening, Samsung. <laughs> I could do with a newer model. (laughs) (laughs) This one's got a cassette player with it. (laughs) Um, Before we talk about the Premier League, England are world champions again, aren't they? So soon after the last one. It is is (laughs) astonishing how good we are at youth level at the moment. (laughs) Basically, put, put every single one of them in the England squad for next summer. Right now. Put them in there right now. Yeah, we'll they looked it. like little boys, didn't they? It was funny. They all look like little boys, oh, Pete. Yeah, they're, they're under seventeen. It's, it's a <laughs> slightly altered quote from Jaws. We're going to need a bigger plane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think two nil down to Spain. Twenty five degrees. Let's seventy percent humidity. Let's say Spain under seventeens when we say Spain, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> For crying out loud, man! This may not happen again, Marcus. It even, will happen again, even though in the World Cup, um, the the. The yeah. restrictions for the amount of people you can have in your squad <laughs> will remain the same. No, are, you, are you still advocating the, the, the idea of taking every single academy team <laughs> player that's yeah. won something over the last like, year or two 
Uh, so we've got to have a huge jumbo mm. jet for yeah. all English players. Ten foot well, team. Well, what I'm going to say is beach volleyball. A lot of the under 17s and some of the under 20s, um, obviously depending on their ages, but they'll still be able to play it, uh, at uh, age cap tournaments. And they'll be wanting to play, for, you know, have dreams perhaps playing for the senior side. Take a look at the World Cup, sit them down, maybe buy the dags and go, careful what you wish for. <laughs> Cherish this time. Knock the edges off. How, how, do you feel, how do you feel the dags would have reacted to that result? Oh, they'd have loved it. <laughs> yeah. They would have loved it. I thought... Cans Co- of best being popped all over. I was in India. Cobras all around. Yes. yes. <laughs> and poppadoms. Mango, mango lassie for the kids. <laughs> yeah. Lovely old job. It's, it's, it's absolutely wonderful, and it's, it is getting a bit predictable. I, I, thought, I, thought, I thought James Milner played very well. <laughs> he did, actually. He was, yeah. he was well, solid, solid. James Milner, last seen, absolutely beside himself, fuming that Mo Salah missed a penalty kick yeah, for Liverpool. He was, yeah. Because Milner is Mr. Reliable on that front. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <clears throat> but, you know... Tom Heaton as a number three. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely lad. And uh, there we are. It was good to to see uh, Sonny Pike up front. (laughs) (laughs) And to be fair, England did a great job knocking out Freddie Freddie Adu USA in the uh, the earlier rounds. It's it's, it's good all round. It is good all round. It was just nice to see uh, an England player with a big old smile on his face just going, yes, this is brilliant. And I enjoyed... Uh, the 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 individual celebrations that tried to look, he tried a couple of them tried to look a bit cool, yeah. but then completely wiped out by everybody just yeah, yeah, piling yeah, yeah. on the pitch and all yeah. the subs so jumping around and stuff. What I loved is when the third went and everyone was because it, it did seem quite inevitable mm. when England started to turn the game around, even though we're two 0 down, there was no panic, and I thought you are disrespecting the traditions of this country. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and they went three two up, and it was, this is it, surely. And then yeah. the fourth went, hey, pile on the fifth. Ay! It was like when, it... when England beat Germany five one <laughs> when they were all going in, you were like. Ay! This is, this is weird, but is, I'm enjoying it. Is it, is it, is it fair to say um, the, the, the future of the Spanish uh, backline isn't really where it should be? I don't know how they must be. Marcus, I mean, you, I, mean I, I just want to hone in on this a little bit because you, I mean, you do seem like you were really enjoying this. So, uh, how oh, much? Far too, I was enjoying it far too nice much. Nice to see live football on terrestrial television. But you know, I agree say. with that. That's another BBC victory. That's, lovely old job. Yeah. That's, that's definitely true. But you know when you watch like a horror movie and something's always going, something's going really well for so, a protagonist within the horror movie and you think, I am enjoying this for them on their behalf. Yeah. This is going to go south at some point. Yeah. Were you not thinking, that, were you not feeling a bit like that? Yeah, I think so. But do you th- why? Do you, I mean, are, are Russia going to kind of put out the banners when England turn up saying, we know what you did last October? Can we get a, can we get a star on our shirt for it? <laughs> well, half they, a star. Yeah. <laughs> An under-17 star. Could yeah. they yeah. not, like, could they not kind of have used a better studio? I don't know whether you saw any of the BBC2 uh, uh, production, but it was like their fifth studio or something yeah. like that. It looked like um, local news. Well, the that, studio we used to have to use before we had our own one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Marcus, um, I don't know about you, but I didn't think Phil Foden looked very good. <laughs> Just try to flash out some Man City listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause I'm not sure if any of you have noticed, mm. but I don't think there's been a Man City supporter in the last 48 hours who hasn't mentioned to someone uh, around about yeah. a player called Phil Foden. That's mm. right. I don't think he looked that good. <laughs> well, we, I'm joking. I just fantastic. enjoyed the alliteration. There's a number of championship clubs who will look forward to having him on loan. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's um, that, yeah. Should we have he, a little he will never state? bother the first team, <laughs> team shirt. Let's have, a, let's have a sweepstake to see how many... Premier League minutes. Yeah, those players can can notch up between now and let's say the Qatar World Cup. Do anything play for Liverpool? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. Mate. Klopp so, will throw them in. Someone actually said, "Oh, it's it's going to be great, but but not for this World Cup. Maybe I'll, I'll shut up." But, How um, many <laughs> times? <laughs> no, no, not two thousand and two, two thousand and six. That's the one. There, that there was, was the one. I remember in the late nineties. Me and a few pals just chatting, waxing lyrical about oh, yeah. how good our squad would be in like 2006. Yeah. And uh, how do we get on 2006? It, it was. It, it was very good. It Actually, was I was just thinking, was, that's yeah. not a bad. <laughs> I was going to say, can we you? get back to the quarterfinals, yeah. please? That's, that, that's what the great hope of this is, that we may well uh, get back to, um, uh, you know, at least playing four or five games at the World Cup. Although with the new FIFA rules coming in when everybody gets to qualify and you yeah. get one game and that's it and it's a 200 team tournament or something. it's like the Coupe de France you should be happy with that Actually, I'm very happy with that <laughs> all my teams will be there yeah. Scotland, Ghana, were England at, were you out of your seat when um, the fifth one went in? Uh, I, I don't think I was in my seat at all Easy. Yeah. Jim, Jim's jumping. not been seen since then we <laughs> yeah. not even mentioned why he's not here yeah. <laughs> he went out there for it <laughs> um, anyway we must move on to, uh, to the Premier League because I'm getting far too giddy um, <laughs> Crystal Palace they're still rock bottom but they're moving in the right direction mm. in the league they, they played okay they did, I mean, yeah. they did well um, I've never seen I say never I support Portsmouth uh, for, for, a, for a while I haven't seen that, that level of despondency 
than I saw with in Billy. Joe Hart. Oh, Joe Hart. Yeah. <laughs> Joe Hart's thing, probably thinking, the one time I do bloody play well. <laughs> no one's going to remember this. <laughs> yeah. Ma- oh, Matthew Charles' uh, photograph on the touchline of uh, Roy DeBoy and uh, Slavon Bilic in two very different... Uh, emotional states, let's yeah. say. They, Fantastic photograph. They really were all, was. It was. Yeah, but they were all were so very upset with Michael Antonio. That's a, that's that's a, you read between the mm. lines. But they can't. They, oh, they, can't, were, they, they couldn't they say were, that. They were really pissed off with him. Joe Hart said, used the word unprofessional, didn't he? So we we we're, we're unprofessional. That was yeah. unprofessional to do that. It's the closest you're going to get. I've never seen in a post-match interview, even when emotions are running high. Yeah. From memory, I've never yeah, yeah, seen yeah. a player call out another teammate by name well, at that point. The only, that was as close as you're probably going to see. The only time that it happened with a manager calling out a player... Uh, the managers well, do it quite no, a lot. No, they do, but as in, in so uh, strongly, I suppose, in very, very similar or almost identical circumstances was uh, Gerard Houllier on, on David Ginola. Yeah, the French side, when he, gave, right. when he tried to cross the ball in the corner, they were against Bulgaria. He never, played, he never played again, did he? Never played. Under, yeah. and they, I don't think he played for France again. Right, OK. Because like, they failed to qualify for the 94 World Cup, and it was quite similar. But um, I do think it's a little bit harsh on Antonio. The thing is, Marcus, if, if, if England applied that, <laughs> we have no players. <laughs> well, under-17s, mate, they yeah. can all step in. But um, I th- I'm really I, disappointed in the number one, the number two. <laughs> yeah. Wait. All of them, every single player. But I, I, when Joe Hart said, you know, unprofessionalism, uh, and obviously he is talking about that particular incident. And yes, I, I do understand. But is it not unprofessional to have the worst running stats in the league thus far? Yeah. I mean, that's unprofessional. Yeah. You know, I think to, to pinpoint that moment, the thing is, if Antonio tried to hold the ball in the corner and someone kicked the ball away from him and they and they went and scored, and you know, another person would have said, well, hang on, you had two players running into the box with only one Palace defender. Why on earth didn't you cross it? That could have killed the game there. You know, it, it's just... Well, the, the, I, I, know, I know what you mean. But there yes, were, he should There have... were three people attacking for no reason at that point. Yeah, well, that's, that's a part of it. Maybe Antonio thought to himself, oh, hang on, I'll, I'll try and cross it. It was a poor cross, but that can happen. But he doesn't need to do that. He can either draw a foul, he can commit a foul, which means they can all get back in their spots. If, if he had committed a foul at that point, mm. it's reasonable to suggest if he had committed a foul at that point... By the time they'd taken the free kick, the ref would have blown up. Yeah, no, so, look, so he could have done any of those he things. He could have done, but two defenders letting Zahar turn in the box. You know, I mean, that's yeah. not great defending, well, is it? Well, Zahar never stopped going, to be fair. He really did kind of keep on going from... from he, was, he was great. I, I'd love to have seen how, how despondent Joe Hart was. I'd love to have seen <laughs> a post-match interview ago. <laughs> you had a really good game there, Joe, and you made, um, you made quite a lot of genuinely <laughs> very, very good saves. You didn't save that one, though, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Would you, would you have traded the other saves <laughs> yeah. for that one? <laughs> but Billich was absolutely gutted as well, wasn't he? they? I know it's a huge cliche, but that—that that is that they were all going knocking about like they had lost the game. That's, well, that's it, well, and, they, and they must, and that's understandable. I mean, it was a, it was a big match, a big effort uh, in midweek. I think that's fair to say. Fonte, mm. uh, Cresswell as well going off. They were really so positive up until that point, but I think they just lost due to their injuries. They had players going off. They were they just looked a bit. Haggard, to be honest, they just needed a. a I, rest, think, I think. I think. Yeah. Pete, I think Palace were the better team, though, and, and the draw is that is the was the minimum they could have expected. I think. Well, Hodgson said it would have been criminal had they not have got something. I agree. They 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 had so many more shots. They had quite a lot more possession from what I saw as well. Well, the, so. the, the way West Ham went ahead was like uh, Roy must have been furious because they were complaining about Zaha not getting a penalty, and they just sort of down tools, and, and, and yeah. West Ham went up the other way, and Chikorito finished finished the move off, and it was kind of the same. With the Ayo goal as well, who who scored an excellent. It did feel goal. like oh, from nowhere, from nowhere they they were two 0 down. Mm. Like going into the half time two 0 down, it felt like what? It yeah, just looked like, like the intensity. England. It just looked like the intensity <laughs> wasn't there, and like Roy just like it, he must have put a rocket up there, bum bums. He, he must have done. Uh, there was a lovely opt to stat concerning uh, Chicharito. All forty one of his Premier League goals have been scored from inside the box. Ah, oh, beautiful, amazing, and only Tim Cahill uh, has a higher one hundred a one hundred percent record. Fifty six out of fifty six. Speaking of the footballers who uh, come from around that area, um, I've. I've been saying um, Jorge Campos all my life. It's Jorge, isn't it? Jorge. 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 Yeah, but I mean, I mean George. He retired English. ages ago. So how I know. often is that coming up? Yeah. Loads of times. I spent a good hour watching I Campos saw you, on I YouTube I saw you yesterday. tweeting from the Ramble account. I thought, that's Peter. <laughs> Was that your Halloween outfit this year? One <laughs> <laughs> well, of those self-designed yeah. George Campos or Jorge well, Campos. Well, remember when he did that Nike advert? He was dressed all in black. I was like, disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, yeah, that's right. Um, but, it, you know, it's, but it is only a point for Palace. Mm. And they're only on four, and they're four points from safety. I wouldn't be worrying about that at this point. No, personally. no, okay. not really. Yeah. It's long. It's, there's loads of games left. They're away to Spurs next. 
Well, they'll probably lose that. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, generally speaking, you wouldn't want to be worrying about their position at this point. Yeah. Bilic, is, uh, he had two games to save his job. What happens now? I don't know. Does he, is he on a zero-hour contract? He's done a really good performance in one match. and you know, well, He probably will be game. working at Sports Direct this time next year. <laughs> uh, he, he has two games to save his job if he wins one, doesn't he? If he loses one, now it goes down to one. Oh, okay, so if right, he wins okay. next time, he's got two games again. And is it just a rollover <gasps> if it's a draw? Yeah, yeah as okay. it carries on. Yeah. Does contain mild peril, West Ham. <laughs> Have a little sticker on the season ticket. Oh, They're playing Liverpool next West Ham. Yeah, mm. I did feel sorry for old Billich. But yeah, there we are. Well, we always will. Palace. We always will. I think. Yeah, I think but, that's a running. But the thing, thing is, he's got not, goodwill. It's not surprising that decisions like that get made by a team managed by Slavin Billich because tactically he is atrocious, in my opinion. And I've always maintained that. <laughs> Unlike Roy the Boy, the at a level, match. at a certain level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Roy, Roy, up until get to about ninth, eighth or ninth in the Premier League, that'll do. Yeah, that's all he wants. <laughs> that's all you need, isn't it? Yeah. He's got, big, he's got big Ray Lunacy on the bench in him as well. Did you see that? Of course. Yeah. Joined at the hip, those two. Yeah, big time. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Leicester City have got a new manager. Mm. Claude Puel. Lovely start to life as Leicester City manager. He looked like he was having a gorgeous time. Oh, towards the end of the game, him and, him and uh, Michael Appleton having a little joke and <laughs> laughing away, thinking, oh, this has been really, really great. I wonder what the fans are going to think when I turn them to a more dour side. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe Michael Appleton's so happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. You should have high, higher hopes. Well, Puel said after the, the match, it was a first-class game. Fantastic. And I thought, wonderful. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, he, he wasn't the most popular down on the South Coast with Southampton no. fans. David Unzler's mm. been copping a bit of stick as well, hasn't he? <laughs> copping a huge amount of stick. He's, he's very much the anti-Appleton, isn't he? <laughs> it's funny what... Um, cause I can't let this out. And I'm speaking as a man who's you know somewhat overweight himself. Is, is, he, is he fat or is he a big unit? I, Both. The, when he okay. wears like tight training tops, it looks like he's got fat guy abs. You know, okay. like you know, like yeah. big bodybuilders uh, yeah. have abs, but they're like they're, they're peninsulas, not peninsulas, but they're like you know, like when you go out into the sea. Older like wrestlers, old, they're, yeah, well, they're just. <laughs> what do you mean? Look a bit Marcus, what do you mean when you go out into the sea? You go out into the sea, and you see like a little like a, a, a rock formation just poking out. The, well, I'm not going. To, I'm not diving into that bit of the water. Yeah. And it's just kind of poking does it, out. Does it, look like, does it look like the Elgin Marble? It's very. Un- <laughs> they're not actual marbles, you dick. <laughs> Pete, no, Pete, carry on. No. <laughs> It's because you're married to a geologist. Fuck you. <laughs> there, was, there was a guy, um, there was a guy, I forget his name. Pete, you probably know him. The guy who was, he made his name being a paparazzo and he's got like... Yes, he had to be installed Mr. Paparazzi, wasn't he? Pa- Mr. Paparazzi, wasn't it? Might be his name. Yeah. Uh, he was on Big Brothers and he had, and he had uh, abs installed, didn't he? So Pete, so what Pete's saying is, yeah, yeah, yeah. not installed, he's not a computer. <laughs> he, he, had, he, had, uh, he had plastic surgery done where he Did had, he have his stomach upgraded? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had abdominal muscles right. surgically... Um, put in his stomach oh, right. so he looked like he had a um, six pack are you saying David Unsworth might have done that <laughs> I don't know How or he might work? be just or he might be just uh, concealing a multi-pack of free bentos under there true <laughs> aren't we all distinct possibility but, so the David Unsworth thing going back to the point oh, yeah. I was going to make is that um, Joey Barton made a oh. few very derogatory comments about David Unsworth yeah. um, on, too many to collate on, was it on Twitter maybe might but, have been on, t- on the radio well, cause, but on Talksport I heard him say that he essentially all but admitted um, that the reason he didn't like David Unsworth was because David Unsworth's delivery to him when he was playing left back and Trey Park was playing midfield was poor. Right. <laughs> right, there we go. But I mean, is it fair to say that Unsworth was always going to be that when he finished in the same well, mould as when it's like, like, yeah. like Rooney's going to pack on the pounds when he finishes, clearly, mm. stuff like that. But he is only 44, so he retired for like six years, seven years, something like that. He ended up at Preston. I, so, I sort of think though, if you, I just sort of go, well... Uh, but if you spent most of your working life as a professional athlete, mm. haven't you earned your right to have a bit well, of cheesecake? <laughs> That's a lot of cheesecake, to be fair. But it, it, it is rare to see a man, a, a younger man, a younger man in sport looking like that, I suppose. So he, he, in 2017, he is a bit of an anomaly, I think it's fair to say. Well, I, but I, why Barton's bringing him up, I don't know. My feeling about it is... talking about unprofessionalism. Yeah, and, and I was confused with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. I don't know when Barton and him would have played together anyway, so uh, God knows. But, um, but the, um, it's unlike Joey. But my, my, my point on the whole thing is that if you are going into training and you're coaching every day and you're on your feet and you're... Doing, taking coaches saying, how are you getting fat? Mm. <laughs> well, you used to do a lot of running. I, I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's a fair point. You used to jog everywhere. It's a fair Look. point. <laughs> I th- it's perhaps not the side of the Unsworth chat we should be focusing on too much. No. <laughs> I feel. Is he the right man for the job? Phil Neville certainly thinks he is. Phil I, Neville I, knows the club fairly well. And he said, 
people are saying, oh, well, who's earned their stripes and, and who knows the club and all the rest of it. And he says, it's got to be well, David Unsworth. He probably would have said that like Gareth Southgate was a perfect fit. And, you know, maybe it'll prove well, that he is when we, when we lift that World Cup. Judge him yeah. on his results, Peter. But, um, <laughs> the but, Barton, yeah, Peter, the Barton quote, the Joe Barton quote, is you've got to be fit to lead your troops into battle. Now, I'm not saying you can't manage Everton if you're overweight, but it certainly doesn't look right. <laughs> <laughs> this is after he said he'd been reading the British Army service manual. I mean, <laughs> it's not the same, is it? <laughs> well, he's a Rangers man, so. <laughs> Very much so, yeah. I enjoyed uh, Thierry Henry having to play interpreter for uh, Puel uh, with uh, Jimmy Carragher. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> went, no, sorry. Thierry <laughs> 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 had to speak in French. Well, he's got a lovely speaking voice, hasn't he? <laughs> yes. I was thinking that that's got to be the most um, celebrated um, interpreter possible like Thierry Henry yeah the greatest uh, the greatest footballing interpreter like go- goals per I don't know uh, French language skill not the bloke at Chelsea who used <laughs> yeah. to interpret for he's still there was it Ranieri he's still there yeah but do you remember that yeah Ranieri would like go on for about I don't know 30 seconds to a minute of, of his tactics of the game and the guy would just go uh, well, Claudio thought it was a game of two halves. <laughs> <laughs> there was a translator. Was, was, it, was it not a translator who got fired for making it up? I'm, I'm sure that might be the guy you mean. That was was that not Pardew? I can't remember. There was one. Who, we spoke about this. Remember when Pardew was? Uh, well, I'm sure you do remember when Pardew was Newcastle United manager, and he would, uh, I think, tell some of the French lads, or some of the French-speaking players, this this translator guy who's proper out and out Newcastle right. uh, fan. And had been at the club, and he would Apardu would give his tactics and say, you know, can you tell the guys? And well, he, he and he could speak French. Yeah, and this this Newcastle guy. This is what I was. This is what I was told. Would then uh, give those players uh, really attacking tactics, like basically his own tactics. I, and Apardu was wondering, what? Why are they not doing this? And it found out. It was like you get out of it. I met, <laughs> I met the I met the French language interpreter for um, Newcastle United, and he was a Sunderland fan. Which really made me laugh. Really? So he could have been like telling... Dangerous territory. <laughs> yeah. Or it might have been Sunderland in French Terror who was who was a Newcastle fan. But either way, it was like, you that's do, interesting, isn't it? You've got to do a background check on these people. <laughs> <laughs> but, but going back to Everton, yeah. I said earlier, I wouldn't be worried about Crystal Palace's um, sort of league position at this point. And I, and I wouldn't because I think they've got a, good, a guy in, in there who could do a job for them and, and get them out of trouble. But do you wonder with Everton, um, they're in the relegation zone at the moment. Yeah. They don't have a permanent manager. Mm-hmm. Um, David Unsworth, for all his, uh, actually knows the knows the club very well, and he's got his old mate Phil to do a good good <laughs> puff piece for him, and all that stuff you would expect. Yeah. Um, he's got no experience at the top level mm-hmm. in terms of first team management. It would be a gamble, I think, because at the very least to hire him. Yes, they don't really have any other standout candidates that are realistic at this point. Mm. Would you fear for them at this stage of the season, or do you think still think it's too early to worry about? Well, this is the problem that uh, the board have got. I mean, if the board. I mean, I mean, getting Ronald Koeman was a big name. That obviously hasn't worked out. But if the but board, he, but he refused to play players where they are actually used to playing, which mm. Unsworth seems but to Pete, have got. Bad, on I mean, top that of, is a problem. Certainly isn't in it? the first match. <laughs> well, that's a fair point, Pete. But you, you, you say that. What were people crying out for when Ronald Koeman was manager? They were saying, of, put, put, put players in the right positions, play mm. with a bit of width, play with a bit of pace. Well, David Unsworth has done that. They played with Morales and with it's Lennon. Two matches, though, which he won. They, they were better against Chelsea in, in in the cup. You know, they they were. But there was they signs. They didn't there. win against No, no, no. They, but they, they played. But, they played better. Sorry. But there were signs there. But also against Leicester, Leicester played brilliantly. Um, I know Everton were, weren't great, but this is the problem that the board have, and this is why I think Unsworth will probably get. Uh, I think you get the nod until at least until January, and then uh, whoever comes in. Well, he certainly he certainly get a few more games. Well, well, I, like, it, I like that Unsworth came out and said, "I want the job." <clears throat> yeah. A lot of caretaker managers just say, "Oh, well, you know, we'll see how it goes." Well, he was like, "No, I, mean, I want it." Well, what's the? I mean, what is the point of uh, bringing someone in when they can't really buy a striker until January anyway? I mean, it's not. Uh, they'll probably pick up points. They'll probably pick up a little bit of form at some point. So you know. Run on gas until January and get a striker in <laughs> with with the new manager. Yeah. You know, all, all results might massively pick up and, and go until the summer. But it is a gamble. Luke. Results might massively pick up. It'll probably be fine. <laughs> yeah, you should run a football club <laughs> into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Leicester, though, I mean, Damari Gray was. We have to mention him. Lovely he had goal. A, a great mm. game. Lovely goal. Uh, you know, amazing uh, run he did to, to help uh, get, get Vardy's goal on the board. I mean. Leicester, it, it's interesting what, what's going on there. I mean, Michael Appleton obviously would have would have well, I don't know about picked the side, but that is essentially uh, him and Shakespeare's team still. But with the way they played, I mean, Gray's been out the side. A lot of Leicester fans have been trying to um, campaign for, to, for him to be uh, in that starting eleven again. He's only had twelve starts 
since January 2016, comes in and plays like that. You think, what on earth has he been doing, spending so much time on the bench? But Puel said, well, in a couple of days, I haven't really had much to do with the team, so we'll see. I think that the fans will hope that he doesn't turn them into a slightly uh, dour side like, like Southampton were and actually get that attacking flair going that Leicester had when, of course, they won the league. But it was always on the break, though, wasn't it? So you still need to um, be able well, to but that's how they defend. scored that goal. So, yeah, exactly. So mm. I, th- I think if, if he can kind of put his uh, slightly duller football aside for a second, I reckon yeah. he, he kind of fits to a certain extent. He's, yeah. got, he's, got, that back, uh, he's got that back line organised, or mm. he, will, he will do. And uh, and the attacking players know how to break, so yeah, it's all there. He's it's all there. Well, that's the thing with him taking over Leicester. You've really got a blueprint on in which you need to build on and improve. Or is it Everton? It's kind of like oh blimey, hang on, what should, should we do? And he said he wants to seduce Mares, which I quite like. Ooh, hey, it's well, nice. beautiful. That that with that nice. with that accent, he's he's got a good chance. <laughs> um, Stoke got a great win away at Watford. We didn't Let's see talk this. about the Troy Deeney fight. We, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't see this one. Well, we saw the Troy Deeney fight coming, but we didn't see Stoke getting a win at Watford. No, eases, I didn't. eases the pressure on Mark Hughes somewhat, but won't ease the pressure on his handshakes, you would have thought. Um, but Stoke are out of the bottom three into 14th with that win. It was a nice goal, and they, they really enjoyed that goal on the, on the Stoke City bench. <laughs> it was a lovely one. It was. I mean, it took a slight nick on the way in, but still, you don't want to take too much away. But Mark Hughes, he even uh, sort of simulated a volley, didn't he? Mm. And that, that, is, that is food and drink to that <laughs> man. That is his currency. He's, yeah. um, he, he was under a bit of pressure, wasn't he? And, yeah. I mean, Stoke don't even sack that easily, so you really have to be in a vice-like grip before is you... That uh, the, is that the only burst. sort of... Training and coaching idea Mark Hughes can effectively get across. <laughs> volleys! Let's just do volleys! Edge and volleys. I think that's what it is. He suddenly thought to himself, right, we're going to do a new corner kick routine. You're going to spray out to the edge of the box and you're going to volley it in. <laughs> and it worked! Well, I think with Watford, I, I rate Watford quite highly, as you all know, and I think Marco Silva's a good manager. And I think well, what we saw against Stoke, um, and obviously I, I wasn't at the game, but what I, I feel like I saw was that if these players who are going to come up against a team who are going to make it hard for them, yeah. They need to all be on their game because they had chances, Watford. Yeah. Richardson missed another quite quite easy chance and he missed quite a few in the game before as well. Um, Kapue, who's important for them, he got mm. subbed off, didn't didn't seem like he played very well. Um, Dini put himself about a bit, wasn't really that effective. <clears throat> all these things add up to a team that if, they, if they're going to underperform, they're not going to find it easy because mm. what, what they're good at is this tactical thing, is this everyone being on point. And if, if, if it breaks down... Then Stoke will make it hard for you, and Stoke could, probably could have won by a couple in the end. Yeah, um, well, Adam had a, a great chance. Berahino did, did what he does. That was a save, though, wasn't it? The yeah, I think it was a save. Yeah, yeah. but the the Deeney Allen thing was amazing <laughs> because it's this, the great thing about it was is that that was completely Deeney's fault, and it was a mismatch, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, and he started digging his thumbnails into Joanna's cheeks, squish his face. Yeah. Oh, adorable. I wonder if that should have been a red. I think. <laughs> I'm not sure about, not sure about, not sure about <laughs> yeah. squeezing it. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I think you make a good point. Um, I think the other Joe Allen, the Hartlepool and Chelsea striker, uh, needs a, more of a head squash than him. Hartlepool and Chelsea. I, don't know, I literally don't know who that is. Joe Allen. Yeah, do you not remember? Him? Uh, no, I don't remember him. No, Newcastle. We'll get a bit more on Hartlepool later. By the way, he did. He did. He did stand up uh, recently at a Peter Beardsley, a night with Peter Beardsley in Hartlepool. So Lovely. You, you didn't go to that. <laughs> I know. You're not on the PR list for that one. I know. <laughs> As Hartlepool's Why fourth favourite son, <laughs> Fifth, canoe man, the canoe was man there. son. He was there with his canoe. He took out that the canoe took yeah. up Pete's seat. <laughs> Pete, could you not have sat in the canoe? Yeah, that's effectively a seat anyway, isn't it? <laughs> oh, amazing! But j- just to finish with that, we have to mention that Shawcross looked brilliant at the back, yeah. and I think that w- what you said there, Lucas, people will now be aware of Watford being a good side. So when teams, I go... think it's the making of a good back three: Zuma, Shawcross, and Wimmer. Yeah, There's a decent making of, of, a, of a back three. Uh, worth, worth talking about. And Zuma had a good game, and I think when teams go to Stoke, they'll think. Uh, sorry, when teams go to Watford, they'll think. Well, just, we need to defend here because because Watford have a bit going forward. Don't get me wrong, but you can still get at them. That you know they're not one of the top six sides. And I think Stoke scoring fairly early on at about the sixteenth minute, then the rest of the game was kind of set up for them. Hit them on the break, play de- defensively, and be solid. And 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 Hughes uh, had them drilled, and it was it was a much better performance. Well, that's what Marco Silva alluded to. He said this was a different type of challenge for us. Yes. And we have to learn from it. We have to work out how we deal with this type of game. Yeah. Um, because if you are coming up against a team, and the, the reason I said, the way I interpreted that with Marco Silva was that he was probably saying, well, look, the fans are getting to the point now where there's a bit of expectation yeah. when we go at home. And we were all saying we thought Watford would be a, would be favourite for that game. They probably were favourites going into it. Yeah, as you say, Marcus, Stoke score an early one. They're quite, I mean, Stoke aren't mm. as robust as they have been in years gone by, but they are still fairly robust. They're going to find it hard. They need to work out how they're going to sort that out. And you would think with a player like Richarlison on form, they would be able to unlock that door. But the last couple of games, he's just he's missed chances and he's not been quite on point. 
Yeah, there we are. Talking of On Point, we're going to talk about correspondence with Peter Donaldson and more after the break. It was like the part in the Red Sea. People just went, whoop. Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. It is now time for correspondence with Peter Donaldson. It is time for correspondence with Peter Donaldson. That's my name. Do wear it out. Hello, Zane Pritchard. <laughs> uh, hello there, Ramblers. Apologies if I've missed the boat with this, but I'd like to allude back to your chat. Can you allude back to a chat uh, about games being stopped for peculiar reasons? Sky Sports News uh, ran a story a few weeks ago about a game that was taking place in the lower leagues of France. Uh, the pitch was uh, located directly next to an elderly woman's house. And during the game, the ball kept on being kicked over into her garden. Uh, she, give, she became so frustrated at having to throw the ball back over time and time again, uh, so she decided to take matters into her own, her own hands. She proceeded to march onto the pitch with a plastic garden chair and take a seat on the halfway line, <laughs> so the teams could no longer play, resulting in the game being abandoned. Well, just get rid of it, just move her off. You can't physically... Lift, rest- her up, lift her up in the chair. Well, you're restraining a woman. Uh. But you, of course you can move, so that's a life ban. Pitch invader. Yeah. Is that a garden? Yeah, so that's a life ban, and it's a, it's a, it's a, poli- it's a steward's matter or a police matter, and, and get rid of it. I, I, I just say... think it's a beautifully rustic scene. Where sort of they sec- went down to the boulangerie and enjoyed some <laughs> What sort of security fromage. is there in that game? <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, I, didn't you say, like, f- French fourth tier or something? Yeah. I thought you, Probably I thought just you, a school field, to be fair. I thought you were going to say that they pulled out, she pulled out a knife and was just popping the ball. Yeah, I was a bit <laughs> yeah, worried. That's what I was thinking, yeah. people used to do that down my street. Yeah. If, you, if, you, if your football went into a certain someone's back garden, yeah. they would pop it. Yeah, I remember my I, dad having a set two with a guy down the road because he wouldn't give our footballs back. My dad went down there and challenged him. Yeah, <laughs> challenged him to a knife. A off. duel, I know, yeah, a knife duel. Yeah, there was oh a, there was a guy who used no, to not, there was no knives involved. <laughs> There was a guy who lived next to me who was only too keen for you to walk through the house to get the ball. Oh, uh, so. <laughs> I mean, carry a knife for a different reason. That's what I would say. Is it the, um, the canoe man? It wasn't the canoe man. No. The canoodling man. Um, hello to uh, Stephen. Uh, hello, gents. Long time listener, first time mailer. Knowing how uh, big uh, fans you all are of the Scottish leagues, I thought he'd send you this gem. I posted it on the uh, Twitter page, actually. Uh, I myself have watched it numerous times, and now can assure you it gets funny each time. Did you see the video of uh, Cowden Beast's Jordan uh, Garden? Uh, basically, he tried to header a ball on the floor. To basically the ball. Oh, I did see that. So it, was yeah, like a, it, was, yeah. it was a bit of a penalty. Yeah. Uh, 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 it was bouncing all around the penalty area, the in-yard box. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, this guy just tries to head the ball on the floor at the feet of a striker, concedes a penalty. It was John Terry-esque. <laughs> it was fantastic. The it kind was of thing so that, good. But the, th- the funny thing is, it's the kind of thing that uh, <laughs> I think John Terry did it once. It's class, isn't it? It's absolutely brilliant. But what yeah. I like about it is like how's that a pen? Well, that's what I mean because he gets the ball. It was the kind of thing that Sergio it's Ramos would do play, in a dangerous play, but you put yourself in. Danger. Ramos would do that in a Champions League final, <laughs> yeah. give away a penalty, and then Ronaldo would equalise, and then Ramos would nod the winner in, in injury time. Like, <laughs> the, the blue Brazil. There we are. Yeah. Oh, Calvin Beef, yeah. Yeah, very yeah. good. Blue Brazil. Um, well, we're always uh, keen to hear from friends. Uh, we're keen to hear from Billy Friendo. Ah, Billy Friendo! In, uh, he has in, to be in, Australian. In Sydney, Australia. It sounds like an yeah. 80s chocolate bar. Billy <laughs> Friendo. Get yourself a Friendo. Yeah. Full of a lattice of chocolate and nuts. A Friendo. Is um, that what the guy used to say in your house? We're getting the ball back. <laughs> <laughs> you got a Friendo! <laughs> it's under hey. the sofa! Hey, Friendo, calm down. <laughs> it's no, no biggie. No need to call mum and dad. It's no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> Crystal Palace almost managed uh, to field a team numbered 1-11 to in their home game against West Ham on oh, Saturday. Uh, Speroni, Ward, Van Arnholt, uh, I, always, I can never say Milivojevic. Milivojevic. It is a tricky one. Tomkins, Dan, goodbye, Loftus-Cheek, Townsend, that's 1-10. to Who would have let them down? Zaha? They don't have a number nine. Oh, ben Taki. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, no number nine. Uh, and Zaha at 11 and Schlupp 15. So oh, yeah. Schlupp is 15. That's yeah. okay. Yeah. Because, bad, because yeah. Ben Taki is the starting number nine. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, it was just a really nice opportunity missed by... Uh, <laughs> by by <laughs> An boy. opportunity missed. Opportunity missed. So, uh, thank you so much you... to Billy Friender for that one. I'd love to see a club team a field true 1-11 to 11 one day, but I fear that day will never come. I, I think oh. you'll be holding your breath a long time for mm. that. Do you want a couple of uh, bits from the Facebook page? Yeah, I'd yes, love please. That, um, I'd love that. Who is it who's got in touch here? Um, I don't know. What, I, haven't, I haven't got your name, but they, someone someone's got in touch saying that um, they they love the fact that Torquay United manager Gary Hours said his team are not rubbish anymore. In quotes after registering their first away win of the season in the National League, <laughs> which they then followed up by getting beat at home by Hartlepool. So, <laughs> so now they officially are rubbish again. Yay. I quite like the name Gary Hours. If yeah. you if you mm. uh, were if you sacked your manager and your team was accused of being lazy, and you'd, you'd come out and go, don't worry. 
we're putting in the yeah, hours. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few I like more. That one, Marcus. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah. This one, this these these this one particularly is, is fantastic. Ben Bennett said, uh, "My heart of the weekend is at the QPR financial fair play hearing." Harry Redknapp said he only signed, in quotes, one or two players to get QPR promoted, as most of the players on big contracts were already there when they arrived. Those one or two, in quotes, were Danny Simpson, Richard Dunn, Carl Henry, Charlie Austin, <laughs> Gary O'Neill, Matt Phillips, Javier Chevanton, Aguchi Inewu, Yossi Benayoun, Cole Donaldson, Aaron Hughes, Benoit Asuakoto, Tom Carroll, Nico Cranstar, Della Torre, Kevin Doyle, Will Keane, Madiba yeah. Maiga, and Ravel Morrison. Bear boats, yeah. bear boats. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the chairman did all the hyperbole. One or two. And but even it. if he said a handful or a few, do you know what I mean? Yeah. One or two. Can I, can I just squeeze a few more in? <laughs> Please. It's, it's been good this week. Sam Cooper says, at the risk of being labelled a little worm of a rambler by Pete Dancer, <laughs> I feel I should let you know that he was on the radio on Saturday actively encouraging Halloween-based football puns. Uh, that was not my decision. I was covering for somebody and uh, the producer, Brian Murphy, decided it was a good idea. Oh, Sean, Sean Deutsch of the Dead. <laughs> Alien Osman Alien Osman I guess right. and Scary Henri I, oh. I enjoyed one little kid who was about 14 texted in uh, Frankenstein it was a Frankenstein Lampard or something like that okay, Frankenstein right, yeah. Lampard yeah. Enjoyed any, it. Or any Frank will do yeah and two more Stephen Bowe says foreign managers in this case Claude Powell ruining the future of English football by, by giving two young English players the chance that neither Shakespeare or Appleton ever did <laughs> <laughs> and I'll finish with this one from Chris Burnham who says it's more of a low light but I sent in a suggestion for going for gold this week and realised I didn't include the answer at the end <laughs> <laughs> Donald, so, he says Donaldson-esque admin yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh how's that leaked into the show yeah, I'm famously bad at admin. Yeah. You are no, admin. No. People, I think people can tell just by hearing you speak. Oh, oh, having a go at he's, the North East, isn't he? he? Yeah. My goodness, Oof. you're a disgrace. Just, you can't hear this, but I'm just shrugging my shoulders. <laughs> shrugging my shoulders. Mourinho-esque, you could say. Speaking of that man, mm. um, masterminded, if we can call it a mastermind, a one-nil win <laughs> against Tottenham Hotspur. A huge win for Manchester United. It may have been a bit dull, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> but. It was a huge win, no doubt about it. Uh, to, to, to win that, he game. was quite humble in his quote afterwards, wasn't he? Well, he once said, "This was, I think, this was three years ago, maybe. If we want to win one nil, I think I can, as it is one of the easiest things in football. It is not so difficult." And that's quite a quote that uh, people often what quote about Jose Mourinho that one nil is is an easy thing to do in football, which does beg the question why he doesn't wrap up the league every every year. Yeah. But uh, it was it was a classic Mourinho performance. Jonathan Wilson, uh, who was on the on the continent last week, he wrote a good piece in uh, I think it was the Guardian, talking about Mourinho's philosophy and so on and so forth, and mm. just how they prey on errors from the opposition. Yeah, and I th- I, th- I think uh, uh, Mr. Wilson said something along the lines that if you if you play chicken. With with Mourinho, if the opposition don't blink, yeah, then Mourinho's in a bit of trouble. But that's what Spurs did, didn't they? What? How did the goal come well, about? It was, it, it was a mistake. You know, that's what Mourinho sides basically say: we're not going to make any mistakes. We're going to be so solid, and we're going to push you into making errors. It was. And a, that's it what. Was, and that's it, what it, it doesn't make you think that that team could be done a lot cheaper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's primo one nilery, well, isn't it? To be honest with you, when, when they say English managers don't get a, a shot at the big jobs, and you and you do think to yourself that some uh, managers, uh, if they set up in the Premier League, when they get there, they have mm. to be backs to the walls and so on. So when if a job comes up, when they want to win every week and play a bit more expensive, they can't do it. Well. After Mourinho, Moyes should have followed Mourinho. Yeah. That's what it should have been. But Dyche could get the job after. He'd but be lovely. At Mourinho's got a couple of European cups in his locker, though, to be fair. I mean, mm. this, he shouldn't have those. He can, uh, he can, uh, <laughs> they should be kept in the club. taken away from him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're in his locker, just rattling around. Yeah, he's, he's, how many has Roberto Di Matteo got? He's got one, hasn't one, he? One, yeah. yeah okay. What's your point? <laughs> No, I, I'm not just uh, taking you away. Said, no, you, you, on record, you want to go on record saying that Roberto Di Matteo is as good a manager as Jose Mourinho? No, because he's got less. Fewer, actually. Fewer. <laughs> fewer there we go. There we go. But you know that... Um, fewer, fewer is here. That's good. the real... The thing. only thing I wanted to say was that it was a very poor goal to concede from Spurs. It was a very and, poor and, and to be fair, they came out afterwards and said um, and said so. Um, the old... No one... At the very top level, no one likes to see the old uh, long punt, flick, yeah. flick on goal being conceded, do they? Yeah. I mean, Spurs could have had a goal in Deli Alley, of course, going close not that long before that. And that would obviously change the whole complexion of he the sh- game. He should have finished that one off. That's uh, that was Marcus. You didn't agree with this, but before we came no. on there, so why don't you tell everyone why? Well, uh, yeah, he, you know, you're right. Having with said, his skill set, yeah, I, I think he should, it wasn't the easiest one to take. No. It wasn't an absolute sitter, but yes, when when you're playing a game like that, when oh, it's Rosenthal-esque, Marcus, <laughs> <laughs> in the lily-white strip of Spurs, <laughs> Jim Rosenthal. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, I, it was interesting before the game when uh, old uh, Jeff Shreves uh, was talking to Mourinho and, and, and he said, you know, Harry Kane's not playing for Spurs. And, and Mourinho, who said the previous week he doesn't like managers moaning about injuries and so mm. on, which was a sort of veiled dig at Antonio Conte, immediately says, what are you going to ask Pochettino about uh, us not having Rocco or Carrick or Fellaini or, or Pogba? Pogba and so yeah, yeah. Which is oh, a fair, yeah. Well, it is a fair point, you know, but obviously Harry Kane is probably more important to Spurs than, than any of those players are to Manchester United. Well, uh, and also those players have been out for a while, have they not? Whereas the, the reason that Harry Kane being injured was, was news is because it happened just directly before the game. Mm. Yeah. And that, that's essentially why people were talking about it. And mm. also, and it happens when a player happens to be one of the best strikers in the world. Yeah. It would be absolutely nonsensical if you were the media and broadcasters everywhere who had spent the last three months saying how good Harry Kane was didn't mention it when he was injured. It <laughs> didn't make any sense. And let's it? be clear, as long as Nemanja Matic is on the field, Mourinho doesn't care who else he's got in that side. <laughs> he's such a Mourinho player. And he's a brilliant player as he well. He had a good game, didn't he? Well, he was man of the match. And that's not surprising because that is how crucial a player that is. is to Mourinho in, in these games, which will inevitably come along for Manchester United. We know that's what Mourinho likes to do. Spurs have been playing uh, a decent football for a number of years now under Pochettino. Mourinho thinks we will just restrict them from playing. And as as uh, you know, as I said with Jonathan Wilson's piece, and, and what we've known from Mourinho as well, that we can deduce ourselves merely by watching him, they wait for the mistakes and the mistake occurred and they punished them. And so Mourinho thinks, bang, game set and match. That's that's perfect. That, that's, it's it's a Mourinho sort of mastermind, if you like, you know. And you think, well, yeah, they got three points. Fair enough. And it was a crucial three points because they're only five points off Man City now. With Spurs, eight points off Manchester City, and with the goal difference as well, it's almost like City have got an extra point. Yeah. Um. And again, it is, it is quite early to talk about that sort of stuff. But having said what you've just said about Mourinho and these big games and trying to close out these one nils, as I said already, Jamie Carragher did do a good bit on that, especially Man United away from home, saying. Mm. You know, if, if if he's going to continue, because there are so many big games in the Premier League now, really, for a team like United, they've got to play City, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool. So that's that's ten games, right? Mm. Five of those will be away from home. Yeah. Um, his record away from home against the big teams more recently hasn't been that good. Mm. So if he wants to chuck away or risk chucking away the equivalent of fifteen points, <clears throat> then he's got to be careful, to say the very least. Yes. Um, about doing that. But this is a gamble that he's played for pretty much all of his career. Yeah, but I just think there are a lot. There are more stronger teams who've got a realistic chance now. Well, and th- and this will be interesting. So, will we hear the quotes from him? You know, come a couple of months' time, where they're a little horse, you know, yeah. and they're not quite, <laughs> or something like that. But Sean Dyche is a little horse. <laughs> but a more damning stat is that Spurs have only won once in sixteen away matches against top six sides. Now, that's away games. So obviously, if they're 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 winning, we the, talk the, a lot about top six sides now in in in, in modern. Football parlance. Yeah. Sort of go, Newcastle aren't involved in that. Well, no, no, but they, they talk about, well, they've got a game tonight. They've got a game tonight. <laughs> got a game tonight. <laughs> can go, they can, can force right their way into there. sick. At the time of recording. <laughs> yeah. But what I say is that like, we, we talk a lot about the versus the six sides, six sides a lot more than, uh-huh. than we ever used to. Yeah. We, it used to be the, big, the top be like four, didn't it? Top four, now it's yeah. like been extended a little bit. It's a bit more inclusive. Pete, what was it on the ramble? Top two. Top one. Top two. Well, the top six is currently City, United, Spurs, Chelsea, Arsenal, Liverpool, so... The Liverpool deserve to be in there. Well, well, we have a very accurate way of deciding that. <laughs> um, and it's worked for a very, very long time. Yeah. Yeah. The Premier you, League table. You are on one today. Yeah, I know. Who knows after, knows after Newcastle play Burnley tonight? You never <laughs> know. Indeed, yeah. Well, the, the Premier League doesn't lie. Although the Championship sometimes does. Mm. And that is the beauty of that league. Don't let Neil Warnock at you say that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, we've enjoyed uh, Mr. Warnock's quotes uh, thus far this season, but we're not going to mention him this week. We're going to mention Mick McCarthy, whose quotes we've also enjoyed, and perhaps the best ones yet to come from that lovely man's mouth after <laughs> Ipswich beat Burton Albion 2-1 away from home. And now, McCarthy, he bought on uh, Burson uh, Chilina or Selina? Chilina. I'll go with Chilina for Let's a laugh. go with Chilina. Mm. Or Selina. Um, <laughs> he came off the bench and uh, and scored the winner with uh, a minute from time. Lovely free kick. Uh, and Mick McCarthy was quick to say that that had nothing to do with the fans calling for the Kosovan to be put on mm. during the whole of the second half. I think they were, they, they were calling for him. McCarthy brought him on with, I don't know, sort of six or seven minutes left, something like that. And, and, and he was quick to uh, set the record straight in the press conference after. Mick McCarthy said, and, and mind my language here, ladies and gentlemen, I don't give a shite about that, obviously, with <laughs> regards to what the fans were, were chanting. 
uh, this the is voice. Where, <laughs> in fact, there's more chance of him not going on when they start telling me what to do. And yes, I am a belligerent fuck. Let's clear that up right now. <laughs> Spicy <laughs> language. I love the idea of a manager saying, if you keep calling for him, he's going to make me less likely to put him Even on. if it makes tactical sense. Yeah. You shouldn't be making decisions on that basis, <laughs> mate. I will turn this fucking car around. Oh, dear. Mick, well, Mick also said about him, the fans all love him. He goes on and he scores the goal. He's the hero. Fabulous. <laughs> and, it's hard, and it's hard to know whether he's being sarcastic or not. Well, then. true enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, when Mick was asked about some fan chatting for him to be sacked, he replied, listen, unless somebody decides otherwise you've got me boring old big nose fucking fart with shite football until mate unless someone decides different I mean it's startling <laughs> stuff never do you get um, such an admission really from, from managers and, and he's, I, I, he's gotten more entertaining as he's gotten older I think I, yeah. don't, I don't mind Big Mick I find him interesting I like him the same way I like Neil Warnock yeah. um, but he has been there for five years now you he wonder if, if the Ipswich Town fans have done their, done their time done their duties <laughs> And their duty to yeah. the Queen. They've slipped off. And, and also, I don't want to cast aspersions. Well, I sort of will. <laughs> yeah. Is that you know one of the best things about Mick McCarthy's career is he went to Lyon to play. Uh, did he? Uh, in, in the late 80s. Right. But he was only there for 10 games. Now, I know nothing about that spell. <laughs> but I kind of wonder if he was like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> this is rubbish. Too hot. Yeah. Too hot. Your football. Oh, I've played double figures now. I think I know. Can I get a, can I get a Sunday paper? <laughs> 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 well, what I like about it is like if you sort of say his defining feature it's not his fucking nose it's his long head he's <laughs> got an extremely long head yeah but he's got why can't he have both those things <laughs> oh you, you're alright when I'm you, you're upset when I'm um, upsetting Mick McCarthy you when you've been spicy all day I'm just saying I don't rate him as a player <laughs> <laughs> I don't rate him as a Frenchman <laughs> Didn't rate him as a tourist. <laughs> Good old Mick. Anyway, there was an absolute belter of a derby between Birmingham and Villa. Mm. <laughs> Talk about that. What a game. I love it. Smashing. The second City derby. Yeah. yeah. The problem with that is you put that on TV. I mean, this is just an example of something that may or may not have happened. You put that on TV when you sat at home on, on, with, with your wife. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to watch this because... Um, the second because, biggest city in England. Yeah, it's a big game and they've got, got the ramble tomorrow. So, And about half an hour and you're thinking, I can't justify this. <laughs> I can. Look, there is... Like shells to put up. My wife loves sport. She yeah. loves football. Yeah. I, cannot, I cannot change that. Mm. I'm not going to jeopardise yeah. that for an hour and a half of this nonsense. Thank you very yeah, much. Yeah, he loves it to an extent. Yeah. It's a very distinctive and, point. And fair play to um, whoever it was who gave those Birmingham City fans all those cardboard clappers. <laughs> Oh, they use those as missiles. What an amazing surprise. <laughs> in the Birmingham derby. Give yeah. them another time. Give them when they got what Fulham we, at home or something. What should we give them? Three point? Nah. Something to throw at the other player? Yeah. <laughs> give them that. Darts. Yeah. Oh. yeah. <laughs> Let's advertise the darts. Yeah. Well, yeah, Steve Bruce wasn't happy about that, as you, as yeah. you can imagine. Steve Cottrell had, Cottrell rather, had this to say about his players afterwards. I just said to the players that I love them all. I didn't like them last weekend, but I still love them. Now I'm back to loving them again. <laughs> He's an odd, he's an odd fish. Yeah, a funny fish. Yeah, as I would quote you and say, is it the first time this season that two clubs have been managed by the t- uh, a manager with the same Christian name? Ooh, like to know that. Big shout. Get maybe. in touch if not. Maybe not. Maybe so. Um, and, and, and a mention, Steve for... City Derby. <laughs> Steve Derby. <laughs> mentioned for Sheffield United going top of the league after beating Leeds two one away and Wolves lost. Newly promoted Sheffield United. And I'm pleased about mm. that because I bigged them up on the radio last week <laughs> and I thought that was going to be the end of that. <laughs> I said that I think that um, Chris Wilder could take Sheffield United into the Premier League and turn him into another Burnley. Yeah, I think he could do that. Mm. I think he's just so good at that at that type of stuff. Um, and um, beating, they beat Leeds, didn't they, as well? Yeah, which two one away. Bit of a derby game. Yeah, absolutely. At Ellen Road, mm-hmm. which looked like it was absolutely pumping, by On the, the way. Friday night line. Fantastic. Um, would Chris Wilder, will he have his career ruined in 10 years' time by England? It's potential, isn't it? Yeah. He, he can but hope. Well, surely all English manager going, I want to manage the under 17s. I want to play expansive stuff. Well, the thing <laughs> about Chris Wilder, though, I haven't said that, is he's not actually that young, is he? No, he's, he's not. 50 already. So in 10 years' time, well, 60. Hodgson got the job at. What, 83? But the people, but McLaren, well, the, what we're talking about here, though, in the context of what you're saying is <laughs> Steve McLaren had his life ruined, and Gareth Southgate is in the process of having his life ruined, and they're both quite young. Yeah, and we don't like to see that. No, no. we certainly don't. Yeah. We certainly don't. Yeah. But Chris Wilder, he's a good football man. 
He is. But I love the fact that he's a proper Sheffield United fan as well. Mm. And, uh, and, and and taking him to the top of the league for, for a newly promoted side, it's, it's just it's brilliant. Speak, speaking of, um, of of sort of, you know, um, the England the England job context and, and the relative age of different managers mm. that could do the job, there's a scene in the film called Little Miss Sunshine. Have you seen it? A uh, very long time ago. Where yeah. um, the granddad's like a bit of a character. He uh-huh. just goes around doing whatever he wants, doesn't, doesn't give a shit because he's old. He does a speech about like, um, always sleep with everyone you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like. And, but he also says to, to his, to his like 15 year old grandson mm. he said because basically the grandfather gets caught uh, taking heroin right and uh, the grandson's confused and he, and he says to the grandson at your age son you'd be mad to take heroin but at my age you'd be mad not to yeah. and it's, if you substitute that for the England job yeah it's like at your the, bro- age, the ultimate broken promise yeah, at your age you'd be mad to take the England job because mm. it'll ruin your life yeah. at my age you might as well just take the money. You might as well just do it. Yeah, so that, that's basically what Chris Wilder should be thinking. Well, yeah, he, so watch he, Little Miss Sunshine, Chris Wilder, if you're listening. Yeah, He's not going to manage a side who play in front of 80,000 if, if, if England do still get 80,000 or something like yeah. that. You know, So it's a chance. Yeah. Maybe in 10 years' time. Who knows? Uh, we are going to talk about the Scottish Premiership after this. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Donaldson, where's your trousers? Welcome back to the Football Ramble, everybody. Don't forget the preview show sponsored by Bet365 is out on Friday. How did our better get on this weekend, Luke? At Paulie. Yeah. <laughs> didn't even make it to half-time. Sean Williams, we hardly knew you. <laughs> we need a new one for, uh, for for the end of the week, so do get in touch. Show at thefootballramble.com. I don't remember signing off agreeing to talk about the Scottish Premiership this week. <laughs> <laughs> You've snuck that in there yet yeah. again. Well, I thought, thought it would be a breath of fresh air. For yes. the running order. <laughs> and Celtic equaled their own 100-year-old British record of 62 domestic games unbeaten. I mean, that is a lot mm. of games. And, and what a way to do it with a one-all home draw with Kilmarnock. <laughs> <laughs> that, that one will live long in the memory, <laughs> won't it? Great point for Killy. Tell you that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a remarkable achievement, really. I know it, it's, you know, Celtic should win the league. They could have probably win about 15 in a row or something like that. But still, to go unbeaten for that long, because surely inertia must set in at some point. It's, if it's that easy the, to... The Gorgies are down in seventh, mate. They're not doing very well. No, no, terrible. You haven't mentioned them at all this season. Can we have a little mention for them? Well, I'm, I'm waiting for them to for their title onslaught to, to start getting... They, 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 they not said down... against Hibs as well this season already. I think uh, they have done. That was, in the, that was in the cup they lost. The other Still week, counts yeah. as a defeat. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, you, said da- you said down in seventh, that's way more perilous than in any... <laughs> I know, league. right? In any other division, that'd be fine, wouldn't it? Yeah. 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 Down in seventh. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Europa League, is that? <laughs> they apply their trade in a division in which seventh is the lower half of the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they lost to the Rangers at, at Murrayfield mm. Stadium. Mm. Should have been playing rugby. What's going on with Rangers? What is going oh, on with mess. Rangers? Yeah, they they sacked uh, Pedro Cashinha. Mm. He's he, how little we knew he. Uh, Billy Davis wants the job. Billy Davis. Good, is a, good luck with that, Billy. Is a possible. <laughs> good luck with that, pal. <laughs> well, with a name like Billy, it would fit, wouldn't it? The Billy Boys, my goodness, and all that crap, kind of crap. Um, Derek McInnes though said he was very happy there. Um, sorry, he, Derek McInnes said he was very happy at Aberdeen. Being well, there. you know, I, I was present on a radio phone in last week. 
and there was talk of we on the radio level. Who's going to be at that? Well, it's relevant to the, what we're talking about. Pete. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, you, you get plenty of mentions with your radio yeah. career. Don't I, you? I don't mention myself for I'm all like, the wrong reasons. I like your fucking Halloween puns, or whatever. It was. <laughs> um, and and a plenty of Aberdeen fans were getting in touch saying, "Yeah, uh, we don't think Derek would be that good in the job." And it's like, "Oh, really? Yeah. 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 You're not going to job because you want him to stay at your club." So oh, no, right. very very highly rated, and, yeah. and potentially, and, and he's come out and said he doesn't want it, hasn't he? Yeah, he, he said, yeah. no, he, well, he said he was very happy at Aberdeen. Yeah. Might but well be. Could, could you be happier somewhere else? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I've just said I'm happy at the moment. I'm very happy here. Yeah. But, you know, let's see what happens. Yeah. Um, and there's been a little late shout for Alan Pardew to get the Rangers job. He, he was linked to Rangers before, I think, but he is in the running, according to the... Uh, just get the him off the telly. <laughs> just, I don't, <laughs> don't care what you said. He was linked with Dynamo Kiev the other day. Send him there. Yeah. He doesn't want it. One of the most decorated European clubs. Nah. nah too not, far away. Yeah, Fuck it. Yeah, it's ridiculous, old pods and Kiev. Yeah, two you... peas in a pod, I'd have thought. <laughs> do you think? Do you think that they've got the wrong person? Though? There's a chance <laughs> they probably thought they were getting Mel Gibson or something like that. <laughs> Manuel Pellegrini. Yeah, dreadful. Yeah. Dreadful. What? Some what? old so and so. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. Um, oh, hang on a minute. Um, now it's time for going for gold. It is time for going for gold. Thank you very much, Marcus Speller, for the fine introduction. The full title is "Going for Gold" with Pete Donaldson. Yes. When uh, thank you to John Cray <laughs> for this, uh, <laughs> with these clues. Uh, are you ready to play? Bearing in mind, you've got more of a chance to win. Well, it's weird, isn't it? We've, yeah. got, we've got less of a chance of one of us getting it, yeah. but more of a chance of winning. I reckon you might get this one. Okay. I'll just put it out I there. think I consider, uh, this is not a dig at Jim, um, I, I consider Marcus a more worthy foe than Jim in this. No, right? no, no. I would say that uh, Jim is pretty good. Uh, Marcus gets more upset when he doesn't get it. Very, Marcus is very competitive. And yeah, that's why I fear him. Compet- <laughs> I know, yeah. I'll, I get, I'll stop at nothing. I get upset when none of us get it. I've, <laughs> I've said this before and I'll have to say it again. I was born on the 2nd of September, 1961. Ooh. Okay, go on. There's no point having a guess at this stage. It could be anyone. I played in the 1990, 94 and 98 World Cups. Say that again. So 1990, 94 and 98? Yep. All the 90s ones. Oh, yeah. Okay, so we can't be English then, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. Ah. <laughs> it definitely can't be English now. Stop. Was... Is it Georgie Hadji? It is not. Oh, stop! Is it Roberto Baggio? No, it's. De- uh, I would say it's definitely not an England player. When you say I was named an international tournament's best player in 1987. Okay, 1987. Mm. And if you don't know where this has been played, it'll be very clear where this has been. Where, where he plied his trade a lot of the time uh, in the next clue. Stop! Oh no, have I had a stop? Have I? No, time? you haven't. No, uh, Daniel Amakach. No, 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 nonsense. No. 1990. What are you saying that for? What are you saying, saying that for? for? Nigeria won't at 90. Don't be bringing that to my door. <laughs> all right, all right. Jim's a more worthy foe, obviously. <laughs> I'm starting to think he might be. In 1990, I was involved in one of the oddest moments in honorary kickoff history. I oh, stood. In 1990? Yeah. Okay. okay. No, go carry on. I played a lot of football in 1990. I stood in the centre circle with three referees and an opposing team member when a woman clad only in a thong walked into the field and onto the centre circle. One ref placed the ball on the centre mark, blew his whistle and motioned for her to proceed. She stepped up and calmly took the kick, stop. turned and promptly walked off the field. I politely applauded. Pete, he said stop. The ball was replaced on the spot you, and the listen, game begun. You can't keep giving him clues. I will give him, stop. I will give him... Carlos Valderrama. It was Carlos See, Valderrama. What? He what? said stop. You have to stop at that point or you're keeping giving him clues. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, to be honest. A that, woman that... in a thong walked onto the to field. Honest, that last clue, I had no idea. I just thought, hang on, he but... played at those three World Cups in 1987 tournament. I was thinking it has to be uh, either the African Cup of Nations, I'm not sure if it was that year, or the or Copper America. I don't know that. I'm appealing this. <laughs> I'll tell you why. The, the, the basic principle yes. is that... He's spicy there, isn't he, ladies and if, gentlemen? If Marcus <laughs> said, if anyone says stop, they, they are saying... I want to have a guess based on the information I've received up until that but point. I wanted to Not get rid of the funny, the funny thong lady. All right, well, you can let him have it because he'll get angry. Who but... get... <laughs> Who's angry? <laughs> I've got to see one angry say... zombie here. Yeah, that's it. Well, I played for Luke. Montpellier, Laurent Blanc and I uh, yeah, were yeah. instrumental in keeping Eric Cantona on the team following a dust-up with uh, Jean-Claude Lemont. 
I, I would have got Montpellier. He, he played Montpellier. I was going to guess. Was, I was, I'll be honest. I was going to guess uh, history short Stoichkov. Well, there you go. Luke, calm down. I was named South right. American footballer of the year not once but twice uh, in MLS's inaugural season. I led my team to support a shield or the London Donovan. Uh, MVP award, mm-hmm. I, which is what I got yeah, there yeah, on myself. Yeah. I graced the cover of uh, International uh, well, ISS Pro 98 for Nintendo 64. Blah blah Right down to the thong. Pete, um, who was the name of the um, the uh, submitter of that particular game? Well, it depends on whether you're going to be nice to him or not. I will be. I will be very nice. John Cray. John, I'm sorry, Pete didn't execute your uh, <laughs> as as expected. Up yours, Delors. <laughs> Thank you for well, uh, all the people who have uh, got involved uh, recently and uh, sent me clues. I, I probably have got enough for now, but I'll uh, I'll no doubt do a shout out. But, uh, for more later on but thanks particularly to um, Chris Burnham who forgot to put one, the name in yeah so oh did you put the name on the well yeah I'd said it in the highlights earlier Peter oh okay yeah. Good, yeah. yeah so you can say thanks to him as well oh thank you to him as well <laughs> and thank you to everybody for listening to this podcast the football <laughs> ramble any more for any more gentlemen I'd like to thank Luke for being here Carlos yeah. Valderrama <laughs> <laughs> someone we can all thank yeah El Peeb is that how you say it Peebe or Peeb the kid Peebe yeah the kid yeah it's probably they probably say one in Spain and one in Latin America. They probably do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thank you very much for your input today, Luke. Are mm. you welcome? It's been an absolute no pleasure, uh, Peter. Thank you very much for yours. Thank you, Jim. Up yours, <laughs> uh, and thank you very much for listening. We'll see you on Friday. I hope Jim sober's up soon. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.